1: everyone. Welcome to the Delicious Ella podcast with me, Ella Mills, and my husband and business partner, Matthew Mills.
0: Hi, everyone.
1: We're going to be delving into lots of different areas in the podcast, anything and everything that we're interested in and that we've touched during the Delicious Ella journey from health and well-being and looking at diet and lifestyle in relation to illness to looking at mental health, stress and anxiety, the effect that that has on our lives, and then also looking at building a business, creating a brand. And then as an overarching theme, just looking at creating positivity in what is a very busy world today.
0: Exactly. So why don't we start with, why don't you give some background on just how Delicious Yellow got started?
1: Okay, but before I do that, I just have to say I'm really excited to be doing this with Matt because I've always done our social media and I'm begging him to get involved in it. And he's been excited about the podcast. So.
0: Yeah, I screech whenever it says I have to be in a picture. I always try and <laughs> run the other or way. Or cover your
1: face with Austin, our dog.
0: As fast as I can. So, But we've been talking about this for about a year and we're actually really, really excited to do it.
1: Yes, I'm excited for you guys to get to know him as well and also get to know us and what's happened over the last couple of years and how we've transitioned from me being unwell at university, in bed, eating Ben and & Jerry's and watching the Kardashians to sitting here today, married and running business.
0: Exactly. So why don't we start, why don't you give some background about how Delicious Yala got started?
1: Yeah, so to give anyone a little bit of understanding on who we are and why we're going to be looking at all these topics within the podcast, I started Delicious Yala completely accidentally um, back in 2012 having got very ill in 2011 and I really struggled with my physical health as well as my mental health hence the interest in both sides of the spectrum. So a long story a little bit shorter um, back in 2011 I was a student I was studying history of art Um, not completely sure what I wanted to do with my life but having a brilliant time And out of nowhere, really, I got very unwell with a condition called postural tachycardia syndrome, or POTS, if you don't want to say such a mouthful. And then a couple of things on the side, um, something called mast cell activation disorder, which caused me to have lots of allergic reactions, and Ellis danlos syndrome, which caused joint pain and things like that. And I went from being really healthy to um, basically unable to do anything within a matter of months. And I spent the following four months in and out of hospital. And at that point, I was put on lots of medication I was 20 um, and I was already on steroids and you know being told to try beta blockers and things like that I even made a little spreadsheet for myself with all the drugs that I needed to take Um, I was incredibly optimistic that they'd work and I'd be back to myself quite quickly but that didn't happen for me and um, they just didn't work as well as they could have and I really started to sink into a hole um, and my mental health got to a very dark place um, and I just kind of had no idea what I was going to do and how I was going to get out of it and I stopped really caring about myself and how I was but I really started to understand the effect that I was having on my mum especially. I'd really cut myself off from most other people. I was very uncomfortable and embarrassed with being different from everyone else and not really being able to explain elements of the illness which was quite invisible at moments. She kept saying you know you're only as happy as your unhappy child and I I realised how unhappy I was making her and that was... A big motivation for me, and I started to look at what else that I could do to help myself. And I was a true Ben and Jerry's haribo girl. At this point, I was not, I'd never heard of quinoa or kale, or certainly not almond milk. And I couldn't really cook, I wasn't especially interested in it. But I was became interested more and more in how lifestyle can affect us, and, and we're gonna be looking at that um, with our guests on episode two, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I became inspired by that and I thought well, I don't have anything to lose in trying. You know, I had chronic digestive problems and chronic fatigue as well as um, heart problems in relation to postural tachycardia syndrome. And I thought, well, hopefully that will help these things. Um, So I set about learning to cook. But because, as I said, I was really struggling with my mental health as well, I decided on the advice of a girlfriend to do it as a blog so that it would give purpose to my day.
0: So I've got to stop you there. What was the first thing you made?
1: Okay, I have to admit, my fast recipes were terrible. You would not have appreciated this <laughs> if I made this for you for dinner. Because I was so new to and I didn't really cook and I didn't like fruit and vegetables. I was trying to find ways to hide them. So I'd get a courgette and an aubergine and just mush them in tomato puree until they kind of became baby food and mix that through pasta <laughs> or i because i didn't also know about almond milk and things like that so i would just make porridge with water and it looked like gruel
0: um, <laughs> so it was pretty yes yeah, so, so you wouldn't have liked it it's come a long way since then but then so with this so it's at this point it really is just a personal journal completely at which point do you then decide right i actually really want to start sharing this and actually i Proud enough with these recipes to actually think that they can help people.
1: Do you know there wasn't really ever kind of one moment? It was that after a little bit I shared it with some friends and family, and then they shared it with some friends and family and it just it was just trickling along basically. And but at that point I didn't share it with friends and family for about two months. And at that point we'd moved from gruel and baby food with pasta to much more interesting dishes. I still think they came quite a long way, but I was starting to experiment, made the first energy balls at that point, although I bought a blender and forgot to take the plastic off and so had them with plastic in.
0: What were the moments when you thought wow, actually, this isn't just me, my friends, my family, reading it. There's actually lots of other people out there.
1: It's when people started making them, and then they'd email in, especially when it was from far away. So, So someone would email in from Australia, having made it for their family for dinner, and that's when I thought, oh, my goodness, this is really surreal and crazy. Amazing. And from there, it started to grow. People started to ask for... Um, cooking classes and workshops so that's where I started I then invested that money into our app which came out it's the first piece of delicious yellow really in 2014 on the success of that I was asked to write a book and that came out at the beginning of 2015 which is when we met and during this time my health had got so much better um it it took a long time and we can talk about that later on but it you know you'd have good days and then bad days and I know that's something from readers experience as well that can be quite challenging but it was a very exciting moment in the course of our business and the development of that when it came out so a few days after my first book came out when things had kind of completely exploded and they were chaos in the best possible sense matt and i's paths first crossed i didn't know that at the time but he did and i will let him take over to tell you a little bit more about what happened next
0: yeah, so my background was a little strange I after I graduated from university in America I um, actually played professional golf uh, for four years and travelled the world doing that which was great fun but I stopped playing um, when I was just for my 27th birthday and um, I wanted to get a commercial background I wanted to to, um, to work in business and I went and worked in finance for four years and after working in finance for four years I was starting to get um, itchy feet um, and decide- and trying to think about the, the the thing I wanted to do next. And I was actually involved whilst I was working finance in a social impact food and farming business in West Africa. And we were looking for a brand ambassador to um, help us in raising money uh, through a branded coconut water, actually, um, that where we were going to source all the coconuts from Sierra Leone post the Ebola crisis there. And I happened to be lying on my sofa on a Sunday morning reading uh, the Sunday Times on my iPad and read about this amazing girl called ella um who had just released uh, the fastest selling debut cookbook ever and had they had run out of um of books in pre-sales and i actually realized in reading the article that i uh, that i knew her dad and so i sent um her dad an, an email and said hey i've just I'm involved in this project in West Africa we're looking for an ambassador Um, is it possible to introduce me to Ella and And then
1: my dad sent me (laughs) the most gushing email I've ever received in my life about how this was the most amazing person he'd ever met and then texted me pictures of him, which I think he found <laughs> on Google. And I was quite newly single and really looking forward to being single and wasn't looking for a relationship. And then I had my dad emailing me throughout the day. saying, like, you have to meet this man. You have to meet this man. He's so handsome. He's so brilliant. And, and texting me pictures of him.
0: And so, yeah. So thank you for that. But I, But luckily we were introduced and we had... Three meetings talking about uh what we may be able to do on the, the in the social impact um project I was involved in. But I think it became pretty clear that actually we were more interested in, in dating each other yeah, and on the, the
1: third time you were like, Do you have a boyfriend? I was like oh this is going off script a bit from what maybe we can get somewhere else with this
0: and I think we actually made the conscious decision at the time we started dating very soon afterwards and I think we actually made the conscious decision on after about two weeks of knowing each other that it would be a terrible idea to go into business together (laughs) um, and we should just focus on dating one another but four months passed and we moved incredibly quickly in this time we had bought a dog we had moved in together after a couple of weeks and it was it was kind of fireworks and we went for um, a walk that summer and we had been talking loosely about potentially doing something together and maybe using the experience I um, had had learned in the business world and this incredible community and engagement and momentum that was behind Delicious Deliciously on the back of the first book. And we decided to create a business together in the in the summer of 2015,
1: and and everyone thought we were insane. Everyone At this th- point, we got engaged, got a dog, moved in together, and started a business together within about
0: four months. Four months. Yeah, yeah. everyone thought that we were completely and utterly nuts, but i think it's it's I think it's like in in any decision that I think both of us have made in our life when it's felt really really right as a gut decision um then typically it's led us to the best places and so so we decided to do that, and I I obviously knew a fair amount from from dating Ella about Deliciously Ella and what its values were and would see Ella responding to Instagram comments and messages endlessly. And it was incredibly clear to me when we first started working together that Deliciously Ella, it wasn't so much about Ella as herself. It was a community of people who had shared values and shared interests in living better in a plant-based lifestyle and Ella was a resource that that helped bring all of this to together and so we the first project that we decided to undertake together was to uh was to start a deli together it was so clear from the community that what they really wanted was a place to come and visit where they could Taste, smell, touch—everything that delicious cielo was all about—and so we opened our first deli um, on Seymour Place in December of 2015.
1: We and we decided on quite a small place.
0: Yeah, anyway. we basically our plan was let's find the cheapest rent in London um, where we can where our exposure, if no one ever visits, would be small and something that we could that we could just about manage um, to cover and um, somewhere that we could do up beautifully and, um, and invest money doing it really nicely but the, where, the, where the ongoing costs would hopefully be low. And I know um,
1: lots, a question lots of people have on that um, is that we're really lucky because the app and the book had been really successful. We'd built up a resource that we could tap into to create the deli. So um, to begin with, everything in the business was really organic with one thing, funding the next um, and so on. So we'd started working together and that was really exciting. But the building work was a bit delayed on Seymour, as everything always is. And we thought we had a brilliant plan to make the business work between um, then and the doors opening because we knew we needed to get them open to make some money so we could get off the ground. And you guys, do you want to tell everyone what happened? Because it was there's never been a more messy or ridiculous or unplanned moment.
0: Yeah, so we had um, our old office was this tiny office and we decided because we had the site opening and we wanted to test kind of our supply chain in way. We wanted to test the kitchen and... Uh,
1: and see whether people would like the and, food, I so mean. So we
0: wanted to see if the if the kitchen could produce the right amount of food that we needed, that we wanted to get some initial feedback from customers on what the food was like. So we were like, great. So we launched on, um, an, on a delivery app in London called QuickUp and we launched at midday I think it was on a Tuesday.
1: But we launched. So before Matt and I started working together, I had two girls that worked with me. And we took a little office to move out of my flat, um, which was on Bloomsbury Street. And if anyone's ever gone down Bloomsbury Street, it's what it runs just next to the British Museum. And it's a one-way street that goes onto Oxford Street. And I think it's the angriest street in London. You can't stop there, but there's lots of deliveries. And there's all the traffic for the British Museum and Oxford Street. And there is honking and hooting and shouting like I've never experienced. But there was no air in the office. You always had to have the windows open and it was one little room with the desks and the kitchen all within, you know, a metre, not even, of each other. So we're already in quite a small space, second floor up on a road where no one could stop.
0: Exactly, and so we went live on this delivery app at midday, uh, and
1: we were pretty pumped up about it yeah, at this point. We're we were really like, excited. "This is going to be our moment."
0: Yeah, this is how we're how we're going to really learn about about everything that we're doing. And i
1: like, had done a big announcement. A big, yeah, Ella big things done, are happening at midday. Everyone can order from us wherever you are in London.
0: It was so we were really excited about, it. and it got to twelve fifteen, and it was like tumbleweeds. There was no orders. Nothing was happening, and, and we'd we were all like, gone
1: dead silent. and we were, we were like, Oh
0: my God, we are about to open a site in a month, and no one is ever going to come and we one person, one of the girls who was working for us, opened the door and suddenly. Outside the door, there were about 20 delivery drivers on, uh, or still mostly with their helmets on, who had come to pick up orders. And what we hadn't realised was that the order volume had actually been so high that we had crashed the app that we had launched so on. So none
1: of the orders had come through to us. So we
0: hadn't realised that we actually had the orders, but we just had this queue of delivery drivers there. Um, looking all slightly confused as they came into this into this office block and we started charging trying to get this food out and it was just a complete and utter mess and five and days we had
1: to go and buy another three fridges and turn the office into
0: basically into like a delivery hub it was completely mad but we it was actually really valid we got great feedback for the five days that we did it
1: we'd planned we, to do it until we opened the door so for kind of six weeks or so but it was
0: yeah we, such but,
1: chaos it lasted five days yeah
0: we decided to curtail it and we it lasted five days but we we learned a huge amount and I I hope it made the start to the site, even if that was still pretty chaotic, it made the start slightly better. So we obviously had a pretty good idea that that it wouldn't be tumbleweeds. if well, when we, we hoped opened, and we prayed. Yeah, but we still <laughs> hoped and we prayed. And we actually... We opened the doors as we decided to do this soft opening. Neither of us had any experience in hospitality. And we decided to, and our a manager who's still with us to, to this day and is amazing, um, she wasn't starting with us because she was leaving a former job. To, she wasn't starting with us until um, early That's January. three weeks later, I think. Yeah, then? and so we had this we had this three-week gap where somehow we had to be able to manage it ourselves. And we thought that with Christmas coming, it'd be a really quiet period. And, and we could just it,
1: sneak the it, doors. So we important. could sneak the
0: doors open, learn a bit for a few weeks, and then have our manager come in and make more of a splash in January when people are trying to eat better, and really have that as our as our kind of grand opening. So we opened the doors twelfth
1: um, of December twelfth
0: of December twenty fifteen, and the following and it kind of built and built, and the following Saturday by twelve or thirty on the following Saturday, we had seventy <laughs> RQs out the door. It was just completely insane. It was and
1: terrifying. It
0: was terrifying. What became clear were two things became very clear. One was that the site was way too small for what we were trying to do. So we needed to speed up trying to find a bigger site that we could that we could hopefully offer a better experience at. And two, that the popularity of Delicious Yella really was real and the reach that we had was um was Something that I think blew us away, and so we started working um, on our food products business early in 2016. We made our first great hire um, in April of, of uh, 2016, and he joined us I think in June of 2016.
1: Yeah, I think end of May, it was when yeah. we were on our honeymoon, which yeah, was exactly. around my birthday, so yeah. end of May
0: exactly. And, and we launched our first product, um, and we got in,
1: married also during yeah, this we also time, We got right? married just during in... this time,
0: just to drop that in, <laughs> and we We launched our first food product in August of uh, 2016. And we, our first customer was Whole Foods. um, And we, shortly after that, we got confirmed for a Waitrose listing. um, And
1: And then Matt did the most brilliant thing. I think, as I said, I'm always, I'm definitely the more nervous of the two of us. And um, he said, you know, we, as he was just saying, we really wanted to make healthier food more accessible for everyone and, and bring it to more places. And I said, well, if we're gonna bring it to more places and that's our purpose, we've we've got to bring it to somewhere like Starbucks. And I thought, oh, gosh, I mean that's the dream isn't it, to be in such an established brand. But um just thought as if they would even consider us we we're so little at this point, you know, team of three working from the world's smallest of office. So Matt um said we've we've just gotta be in Starbucks and he ever resourceful, ever persistent went onto to LinkedIn and found the MD of Starbucks in the UK. And I think you emailed like 20, was it about 20?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Um, different variations of his name in the hope that one would get through. And I was kind of a bit shy about it. And, oh, I don't know, we're going to bother him. He's not going to want to, he's going to be interested. And you were so, so much more confident. And anyway, he replied within about 30 minutes or so, saying he'd love to meet us and gave us the time kind of two days later and at this point, we still hadn't got, you know, done our first run of anything, and it was still kind of quite early days. So we went to meet him, and um, Dan, who we were working with, um, who'd worked at Innocent beforehand, and um, kind of gave us this pep talk, you know, Starbucks is going to be tough, they're going to be tough. And we walked in, and they were the nicest people on earth and they were so enthusiastic about products and the fact that they were no additives no preservatives, just four ingredients or six ingredients and they were vegan friendly and kind of tapping into those growth areas that they were looking at and we were just so excited, but obviously trying to play it really cool because it seemed we were professional. And the three of us, like, ran out of the meeting. We got in the lift and we were just <laughs> screaming in the lift. We were so excited. And this kind of little pipe dream we'd had of creating something was suddenly feeling real. And then we had this weekend and whenever anyone asked, like, what's been the highlight of delicious Yellow?" I think it will probably always be this because it was just mad and exciting magic, and magic was, yeah. all at the same time because I think that was on a Tuesday and that Thursday we were taking the deli for our first ever pop-up which was a massive tent at Wilderness Festival and we had 29 members of the team there and we were doing two banquets and an afternoon tea as well as serving food all day. But again, trying to act kind of cool and professional to Starbucks. Yes, of course we'll be around for conference calls, of course, of course. And they wanted to get the product done in six weeks. And we were thinking, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that? And it ended up being the busiest weekend I think we've ever had and ever could ever have at the deli. And we did 1.5 metric tons of food. In 48 hours, I mean, it was insane. And there we were at the back um, of this kind of mayhem on the phone to Starbucks, on the phone with our partners, saying, we need more packaging, we need more packaging. And it was just this kind of moment of magic where we realised this kind of dream we'd had where you'd quit your job and everyone thought we were insane for working together. It felt like
0: yeah, it the legs had grown real. and we
1: started to yeah. run, but we were running really fast. So I guess between then and now, it's been two years and um a lot's happened i think you know i've always been a big believer in delicious yellow that honesty is is the most important kind of quality and anything we've always tried to be transparent and we've definitely had our kind of ups and downs in those last two years it's been brilliant but there have been some there have been some really challenging moments from financing the business and cash flow and investors to personal things um And dealing with that alongside scaling up a startup.
0: It got to the Christmas of uh, 2017 and we had really been just constantly working almost for two years. And we finally had um, about 10 days off where we could really sit back and reflect. And what really became clear was that the plan to get to six or seven delis was really not... Needed anymore, and we could achieve the same objective that we wanted to get from our delis by just having one. It could where one could just really act as our brand home, and you know we have uh, our team are like our extended family, and we knew that by trimming delis back from three to one, we would have to lose really really great people, and it would also be the first time that as Deliciously Ella, we've gone from having from just experiencing growth to suddenly having to trim back and that was going to be a completely new experience for us and so we talked about it a lot over christmas and we had talked about it a lot really in the last couple of months of 2017 and we came back at the start of 2018 and we decided that the best thing for us to do would be so that we could really have all of our focus on our food products business was to was to shut two delis
1: And I was pretty nervous about that decision and pretty hesitant about it. I think in terms of how we run the business, Matt's our CEO, so he's in charge, and he oversees our finance and business development operations, and I look after the creative side. And so I was looking at it purely from a brand perspective, and I knew, just just said, that was going to be the first time that people thought we were failing. And there's something quite terrifying about that and I think we knew that you know we'd have press around it and that people would think that delicious yellow is shutting down and I was I was really 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 nervous about that side of things as well and slightly dug my heels in until I think A, I was completely convinced by the kind of logical sense of the fact that scaling up the two businesses side by side was going to be so challenging. But I think B, in taking a little bit of time out, I think we both also realised that from our relationship perspective, that actually we were doing a lot and that it was, you know, we were being pulled in so many different directions every day because there were so many different projects. And that perhaps just kind of pulling that back a little bit would also give us a tiny bit more space in our own lives.
0: Yeah, so 2018, the start of 2018 was a pretty tricky time. My mum uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer in the summer of uh, 2017 and we. it was pretty clear um, or started to become pretty clear at the start of 2018 as well that this was probably... One battle that she wouldn 't be able to win, and so twenty early two thousand and eighteen we had made this decision. We knew that we were going to be losing great people. We knew that there would be understandably a negative reaction to to what we were doing, and there would be concerns about oh my god is the are they going bust or is is, um, is there a major problem?" I had major worries at home as I was watching uh, my mum 's illness start to really take over and it was a really really tricky spot and it was a time when you just have to you just have to somehow just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And
1: And, what were the things you know because I know everyone when they're going through their life has those kind of challenging moments for one reason or the next what were the things that you put in place for yourself to help kind of guide you through that and get you through that and help think, you continue to put one foot in front of the other
0: i think that when think kind of objectively things bad things are happening around you i think that the thing that can empower you most is just by focusing on gratitude and i think if you wake up each day and you try and focus on all of the great bits of your life and even though your mum looks like she's losing a battle against an illness, um, how grateful I am to be 34 and happily married and being in a privileged position to run a business We're surrounded by an extraordinary team of incredibly talented people. I think you just have to keep focusing on the pieces of your life that, that show that your glasses are full. And I knew that however difficult this short-term phase was i knew that ultimately we were one we were doing the right thing with the delis and two that i was the luckiest person in the world to have my mom and to have learned from such a great person and uh, so 2018 was a was a was a tricky start and we we shut the two delis in march and um, we did
1: get that negative yeah, reaction. Yeah, and we did get
0: that negative reaction that we thought, and we had customers as well from our food products business, even though it was just the delis that we had shut who were concerned that we were going out of business and we had suppliers calling us and we had to let go of great people and
1: and we've had people who still even now are nervous of working with us because they're nervous that we're still going out of business yeah
0: and um and it was you know we've been the beneficiaries of so many of the great things that the awareness that deliciously ella has but um this was when we had to understand the flip side of it and um it was It was a really difficult time, but we we just you just kind of knuckle down and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you take each day as it comes and you stay present and you stay grateful and
1: and we were you, very quiet yeah. as well we lived very quietly for the last six months,
0: yeah, and you just we just we just got through it and so and ultimately through these experiences um you learn more about yourself and and the others around you uh, than at any of the good times, and it was in many ways one of the most valuable lessons that we've that we've ever learned. With uh, I think through this whole journey with Delicious Yella,
1: yeah, and I think the one thing that your mum showed us this year more than I know is one of the greatest lessons I've ever had in my whole life, and will stick with me every day forever. Is the sense that. Every little thing you do every day is what adds up to the meaning of your life. And that's a really powerful thing to take. I don't know if you're going to see the positive from the negative, that lesson of treating everyone in the best possible way, having that kind of kindness, that optimism, and always doing the right thing, even if it's a little bit harder, is just a more powerful way to live your life. One of the other things that we learned as well in this time is kind of how to find that balance between living together and working together as well, especially, as I said, in the last six, 12 months or so, while Matt's mum wasn't very well, and um, whilst things were so crazy at work and we had a couple of other things going on in my family as well, we just really kind of retreated inwards a little bit. For me, yoga became even more of a safe place than it had been before. It became a big part of my life for creating space. But I think we also realised the importance of family, of each other, had a kind of greater sense of that. And as a result, also how precious that was and how we needed to have more respect between our work and home life, which had become so incredibly blurred.
0: Yeah, I think one of the questions that um, people had asked on social media before uh, we started this was on living together and how do we find the right balance between living and working together? And I think this was this was really the ultimate test because I really, really needed Ella just to be the loving, caring wife that she is, uh, and I with. needed to
1: be there and be a wife and be focused on your mental well being and not on a question about delivery of stock into a shop and and realizing that there had to be a quite concrete line between the two which hadn't been there before so as we get towards the end of this episode um I just want to come on to one question because now seems like the right time for it and it's a question we're going to ask everyone that comes on the podcast um because I hope it's a little bit of inspiration for you guys to take away and I know it's going to be inspiring for us to hear that from people um but I want to know from you first Matt what is the one practice you live by
0: one practice I live by. So I the one practice I think I live by is when I went to school in America, uh, when I was sixteen, I, to play my, golf. To, yeah, I went to a sports academy there. Where I went to school in the morning and play golf in the afternoon. I was having a really rough time my first term there, and I could not get settled, and I was miserable. I was missing home. I was missing my friends. I felt just a million miles away, and I was completely homesick. And my teacher at my end of term review said to me that he said, "Matt, you need to internalize the solution." and it was the best lesson I have ever had. And what he means by that is that if there's a problem, it's up to you to fix it. And there's no point in making excuses or blaming others or thinking that there's any way around any problem other than just to go fix it yourself. What's your one practice every day?
1: There's so many. <laughs>
0: but give but, me, Give us one.
1: OK, I think... Um, the main one for me is probably, and honestly, I've learned it most of all since I've been with Matt and also spent a lot of time with his family as well, is the power of optimism um, and living your life with that attitude. I definitely have in the past been quite a glass half empty person and it's been really Really, actually, interest, interesting to me to learn the power of flipping that upside down. And it takes a lot of practice to start with. And when we were first together, you would always say, um, you know, what it is that you live by. And I would sometimes find that a tiny bit frustrating. I'd say, but I'm just having a bad day. I'm just having a bad day. And you say, okay, but if this happened in your day that's good. This happened in your day that's good. We're together right now having dinner. That's really good. And realizing that if you focus on all those things, even the worst day can be a good day at moments. And that's been, throughout the kind of ups and downs of the last few years, that's been a life-changing thing. And I think, for me, one of the reasons why I've got really interested in yoga and become a bit more of a hippie recently is that it's created that space for me every day to come back to that way of thinking. And I'm sure it'd be a different thing for lots of people. But for me, that creates the space to have that more positive outlook every day. And that has been life-changing. I'm happier than I've ever been as a result.
0: So at Delicious Yellow, we're pretty passionate that we want this to be something that we do for the next 50 years. We have lots of different plans, whether it's uh, advances in our app or lots of different new food products.
1: Yeah, we are working uh, on some really cool stuff for the app at the moment.
0: Yeah. So so Ella, why don't you uh, go into a bit more of the things that you think we might do over maybe the next two years and then maybe the next 10 years and then maybe the next 50 years to keep Delicious Yellow relevant?
1: This week, we have our new book coming out, which is pretty exciting, The Cookbook. It's got all our recipes from the last three years, which have been chosen by our readers to make eating plant-based food a little bit easier. And it's got things like our fudgy brownies and our Thai curry and our lentil dal and bean chilli and everything. And so I'm really excited about that. We've also completely redone our look and our feel, and that's all launching this week as well. So it's it's a big week this end. We've got a big project going on with our app at the moment to make it much better for you guys it's been a brilliant part of delicious yellow but there are some things we really wanted to do so i hope that's going to be launching for everyone in january and then we're really working on our food product business so that we can be everywhere so we can give people plant-based options in every supermarket across the country and we've got some pretty exciting innovation launching this autumn um, which we'll be able to tell you more about in the next couple of weeks um, so that's that's really the big focus now and then just continuing to share recipes, share ideas, hopefully give a little bit of inspiration every day and um, in the next few days I'm going to share my first bits of yoga as well with you guys so you can um, move a bit with us as well at home. One question that lots of our readers have had and have asked and I couldn't finish this episode without asking you is how did you get into healthy eating?
0: Uh, I cheated I married deliciously Ellen (laughs) I have no idea how to cook and I'd always tried to eat the best I possibly could but I vegetables that I cooked certainly weren't that exciting and the way I did it was by learning from the master and being able to be at home and be cooked for and uh Learn to experiment with ella as she creates all of these these amazing dishes that she does is he's how... a very
1: honest taste tester he gives really good feedback
0: sometimes my feedback is not so well received as maybe being slightly too blunt but i try and, <laughs> i try and make it as honest as i possibly can yeah, but... there
1: are moments before deadlines where i think why can't you just think it's perfect
0: <laughs> but um but yeah i i had a massive i cheated massively
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to us today. I hope it was insightful and interesting. Next week we're going to be talking to some experts about the health and well-being space. I know both of us find it can be confusing it can be difficult to decipher what's right for your body how to find the right balance Um, so if you have any questions for that please please do send them in Uh, you can just send them directly to me ella at deliciouslyella.com and if you have any feedback on this episode we would love to hear it so please do review it please do rate it and share any of that feedback with us. And otherwise, I hope you can tune in for our next episode and definitely subscribe. Um, There'll be a new episode coming out for you every Tuesday.
0: Thanks so much, everyone.